golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love the Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest and caddy this evening, Dr. Bob Winters Hi, from Holly. the David Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando. He's back after uh, doing some summer camps for Nike up in beautiful New England. Absolutely. I was up there where the sun just seems to be a little bit closer to you and the stars a little bit brighter and always great to be with you, Holly G. Well, um, we love having you in the house and we know there's a lot to catch up on, Dr. Bob, which we will a little bit later in the show because as always, um, you've got a lot of things cooking and some exciting things coming up uh, next month, which we'll be talking about. But we've got a bunch of golf to get to right off the top here Mr. Snedeker, wire-to-wire win at the Wyndham Championship. How about that? Uh, 59 on Thursday, the 10th player to break 60. And what a great putt that was to to seal the deal on the last hole Thursday, Dr. Bob. Oh, absolutely. Whenever you shoot 59, whenever you start getting on sort of what we call the 59 watch, but what was great, you know, from my perspective and where I sit is his emotions, you know, and all during the day, if, if someone had actually watched him and I watched the playback of every shot, you know, on the uh, PGA channel and I saw him right from the very start, he actually hooked it in the woods and he just let out, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And he was just, Oh, and Oh, and really he was one over for the first three holes. Finally got a 15 footer to drop on his fourth hole, got him back to even, and then it was off to the races. And in the middle of his round, he found something uh, with his swing, and things just started clicking, and his putter was working. But when you come down to 16th, 17th, 18th holes, knowing that you have a chance, and but to actually keep the pedal to the metal, well, kudos you know, to Sneds. Great guy, and wonderful to have his family there watching uh, when he won coming in on Sunday. So, uh, a great things happening you know, to nice people. Absolutely. And we want to, speaking of nice people, bring in one of uh, our favorite golf insiders to join the conversation and talk about uh, the Wyndham as well as the beginning of the PGA playoffs with the Northern Trust beginning tomorrow. Jeff Shane from Pro Golf Weekly and PGATour.com, as well as our blogger for the Golf Insiders. Hey, Jeff. Playoffs. Playoffs! That time of year? Oh, can't believe it. And the road to the Ryder Cup. We've got so much to talk about. But, yeah. uh, you know, what, yeah, a different, what a difference a week, week makes because now somebody named Brent Snedeker has got to be in the mix here as potential 
captain's picks if, you know, he continues this hot streak through the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And and he had played fairly well uh, in the events leading up to the Wyndham. Uh, finally found something in his swing. And, and, you know, for him, health is such a big issue because he's had the sternum problem that sidelined him this time last year, and he's had rib issues. And uh, for him, it's, <laughs> being healthy has been half the battle, but uh, I don't know of a Ryder Cup team that cannot use another really good putter, and uh, the way he played last week, and, and being able to not only shoot 59, but he, uh, he even talked about it. He, he wanted to be part of that club that shot 59 and won, and not be, you know, Paul Goidos or Adam Hadwin or some of those guys that shot 59 and couldn't put it away. So uh, he, he's rolling very well, and uh, I think he's definitely in the captain's pick mix now, and I would not have said that a week ago. And speaking of the captain, how about Jim Furyk finishing with a 63 on Sunday to, uh, what, place third at 17 under? Yeah, and uh, and I know that he's had a lot of all, all Ryder Cup captains have a lot of responsibility for a lot of the little things. And I sometimes wonder is there not a way to to not have uh, the captain have his hand in everything and let him focus on golf because you typically see the captains uh, their performance drops off in a Ryder Cup year, but uh, actually Jim's performed better over the second half of the year than the front half of the year. And uh, yeah, it was really good to see him. I I suppose if things if something was to go bad uh, over in France and he had to put a twelfth name in, he might want to pack his own clubs or something of that nature. Well, I think something that's interesting here. You mentioned the rib injury that plagued Brant for uh, he said about five and a half months, I guess. So you know, he still he said he's not a hundred percent, but he's obviously maybe a little less banged up than you know some of the other guys. You look at Brooks Kepka, who also was out earlier in the year. So you know, these guys are a little fresher than some of the other players. And uh, you know, with with Brant going back to that popping stroke, um, you know, he just looked like he looked like his old self in the zone. And remember, he. He took the FedEx Cup uh, playoff title in, what was it, 2012? 2012. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't remember that, but this guy could play. He's (laughs) hot, he's streaky, and could be coming at the right time. And and I think timing is everything for for a lot of these guys. Um, And uh, I suppose the the only thing that would be of concern is for some of these guys coming back from injury – um, if they're not careful, they may overschedule, you know, to get in enough starts for, you know, to make this, uh, this requirement or that requirement. But uh, I think Brandt has done a great job of spacing things out a little bit and, and coming in at the right time. And... Whoop, Jeff, I think we lost you. I think we lost you right there at the end. Am I back? Okay, yes, yes. Okay. So, um, so we're just saying timing and, and, and health are, are, uh, are big things this time of year. So as we turn to the Northern Trust, the first of the playoffs, uh, in, uh, in New Jersey at Ridge, what is it? Ridgefield? Ridge, Ridgewood Country Club? Ridgewood. Ridgewood. That's right. Sounds like something out of Caddyshack. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, who, who do you think is, uh, 
you know, DJ's the defending champion. Tell us a little bit about the course. I know you frequently do the previews for PGATour.com. Um, you know, who should, who should we be looking at this week? Well, the Ridgewood is, is a historic uh, golf course. Uh, the club goes back to 1890, and they've been on their current site since, I believe it was 1927. It is a Donald Ross course. So interestingly enough, we're going from a Donald Ross course in Greensboro at the Wyndham to another Donald Ross course here uh, to start the playoffs. And, and so it, it's got some of those uh, typical, you know, Ross signatures in the push-up greens and the runoff areas. Um, so I think it's a real second-shot golf course. Obviously, if Snedeker can stay hot, uh, he's got a chance, although this one's a little bit longer than Sedgefield is. Uh, but I, I think that uh, you don't have to be a bomber. you got to be long enough, but it's really the second shot that's going to determine a lot of what's going on for you. Um, and, and just, you know, with the caliber of players that uh, we have now with everybody pretty much getting together for the playoffs, uh, I think it's really balanced. I don't see anybody uh, that really stands head and shoulders above the rest. I think Justin Thomas has a great chance uh, not only this week, but I think to successfully be the first guy ever to successfully defend a FedEx Cup title. We know Dustin Johnson can turn it on at any time, and I'm kind of intrigued now that Kepka has won Jeff, we lost you. Okay. We do it in a playoff event. Well, Jeff, hi. This is Dr. Bob Winters. It's always great you know, to hear your comments. You're so insightful. And a couple of things I was sitting here talking to Holly G about, Jeff, is that, you know, the Northern Trust, you know, obviously the start here of the FedEx Cup, but also the players who are on the bubble trying to make both, you know, the USA and the European teams. And I'm talking about people like DeChambeau, Tony Finau, and even for the Europeans, Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Uh, these players, and even Adam Scott, I think these players have a real shot here in the next few weeks to really do themselves you know, some good. Obviously, I think that you know, Rafa is suffering a little bit now from Ryder Cup-itis. He wants it so bad, trying so hard, is sort of you know, sabotaging some of these good finishes. He had a great finish with Terrell Hatton at the PGA with 64, but I'll tell you what, what do you think about some of those picks? I, I, th- I think Rafa Cabrera-Bello is definitely in the mix for the European squad. And I think he might, you, you know how they pair up a, a, a lot of guys from the same country. Well, John Rahm needs a partner. And Cabrera-Bello uh, played extremely steady at, at Hazeltine. And I think that's, uh, that's definitely going to play a factor. DeChambeau should be interesting because of the guys that are kind of in that consideration, with the exception of Mickelson, who we think will get, get an automatic pick, but he's the only guy that has won when you're talking about Xander Schauffele and, uh, and some of those other guys. The hard thing with DeChambeau is who do you pair him up with? He's kind of a different cat. Uh, and very technologically uh, advanced. Who do you pair him up with? And that may have to play into Furyk's, uh, into Furyk's decision-making. But I love his talent, and don't forget, he's a former U.S. amateur champion, so he knows how to win at match play. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be interesting to see whether he's going to go, you know, with experience, with some new blood, or, you know, somebody that's just going to get hot if uh, Snedeker continues on his way. As always, we love spending time with you, Jeff Shane. Got a lot of golf recovering tonight, so we always appreciate your time. Jeff Shane, check him out, PGATour.com, Pro Golf Weekly, as well as the Golf Insiders blog. You're listening to 969 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually. Uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggles blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders. In the house, Holly G, along with my special guest caddy, Dr. Bob Winters from the David Ledbetter Academy and drbobwinters.com. And he is one of the best mental gurus on the planet, best-selling author. Your latest book, Dr. Bob? is Mistake-Free Golf, First Aid for Your Golfing Brain, and people can pick it up at any major retail bookstore, so they can go on Amazon.com, or even go to drbobwinters.com, and they can find out all this great information. Awesome. Well, we're going to go straight to the Northern Trust and one of our one of our favorite golf insiders, and he's everywhere doing everything Brian for the Jr. Golf Channel, Todd Lewis. Hello, my friend. Hey, Todd, how are you? Hey, Holly, I have to apologize, but I'm going to have to cut this pretty short because we have the breaking news that the match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson is official, and uh, we're doing Golf Central Live right now, so I've got about 45 seconds, so hit me with your best question. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's what we love. We just can let it rip. Um, all right, so what's the biggest news coming out of Northern Trust outside of, of the breaking news in terms of uh, this weekend and the Northern Trust, the first playoff event well i think you know it seems as if that as pj tour player of the year locked up with two major championships in 2018 tiger woods said hands down he's got it however i don't know if everybody's buying that um you know you look at dustin johnson bubba watson company guys three wins justin thomas if they go on to make a great run run win a couple of events here in the fedex in the playoffs and ultimately with the fedex cup you know you, you could make an argument that you know that brooks kept the may not be PGA Tour Player of the Year. I'm not sure. Um, I think that's the thing. And I think the biggest thing that these guys are thinking about is they play a lot of events leading up to the playoffs, and then they're going to play most of, not all of the playoffs, heading into the Tour Championship, and then some going to the Ryder Cup. You've got to make sure you conserve mental, Dr. Bob, mental and physical energy. So uh, that's the biggest key. One quick one, Bob? Uh, No, I'll tell you what, Todd. Who do you like here at Northern Trust? You know, out of the whole field. Give me a player. I, I think the golf course is set up to be. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think. I think it fits all games. Um, I tell you, somebody who I'm, I'm liking and who I think is trending if his putting continues to improve is Adam Scott. His ball striking is tremendous. He played well at the PGA Championship. He comes in here with some confidence. I'm looking for him to be in the mix on the back nine Sunday. I, I concur. Right, I think guys, that's hey. a really good. I think that's a really good uh, pick. Well, I'll tell you what, Todd, you've got to take off. I'll tell you what. Thanks so much. And we appreciate it. Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel. Check out the Golf Channel and Golf Central for this breaking news. With uh, they've, they've been talking about it, Dr. Bob, that uh, Phil and Tiger were going to have a mano-a-mano match. And it looks like um, that news is breaking right now. It is. And i got to tell you, you know, it's, 
it really does create a, a real marketing buzz. Everybody wants to see this match between Phil the Thrill and Super Tiger. And I got to tell you, I wish they were putting up their own money. I agree. And and I think that's That a would whole, be some fun. I mean, Lee Trevino said this years ago, he said he'd take anybody one-on-one. He'd play him at El Paso Country Club, and they'd put up a million, he'd put up a million, and uh, he'd play him for whatever they wanted. Now, here's a guy who would take an old Dr. Pepper, ta- tape it up, and he would actually go out and say, hey, listen, I'll pay you for, you know, play for $100. Let's go out and play nine holes. And people go, are you kidding me? Where, you know, where are your golf clubs? He goes, I got them right here. Had that Dr. Pepper. Now, that's really hustling. That's gambling, okay? So when we start talking about Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, it has a lot of cachet, no doubt. But I'd still like to see for them to go into their pockets, their personal pockets, and say, okay, let's, let's throw it up, not let somebody else, you know, cover the bill for them. I'm right there with you. So I went on the record last year with the wraparound season saying I believed that Tiger was going to win this year. So we've got four events in the playoff series, four events uh, to prove me right, Tiger. And, um, you know, we can't say enough about what a miracle Tiger is right now. It would have been one thing to say, hey, he was back and competing. You know, he's nearly won two majors. As he's self-described it, it's been a hell of a process getting to where he is. And, you know, there's... This is will be, as we know, the biggest comeback story in sports if if and when, and I believe it's when he gets you know the next victory, and of course we're gonna have to wait a year till the next major, but really could be something if he wins in this playoff series and has the potential to win his third FedEx cup well this this is a sports writer and a golf writer's dream season right now you've got two comeback players of the year. You've got Brooks Kepka, who, you know, back in January and February, I mean, was just sitting at his home, you know, down in southeastern Florida. And he was kind of looking around. Who, who are my friends? Where's my team? Uh, I'm hurt. I haven't heard from anybody. I'm out of the loop. He didn't know if he was going to get a chance to get back and play. Then he goes out and wins the U.S. Open. Then he wins the PGA Championship. And you got Tiger Woods, who has his back fused really sort of trying to play, he's trying to gain his feels. And that's a big thing for Tiger. I've been really watching him very, very close because he really is the ultimate case study of somebody who has a great mind and really is using his body and his his own mechanisms to find his way through this maze, this labyrinth, if you will, I'm on the comeback trail. So Brooks Kepka and Tiger Woods, to me, both get the Comeback Player of the Year award. But the compelling story for me, and I think it's very little debate, about the player of the year. I think whenever you win two majors, I don't care if you stack up all, you know, four or five different victories in a year. I mean, that's amazing. It's a great feat. I will not diminish it. But when you win two majors in a year, that's something ultra special because now, you know, the the price value, the blue chip stock value goes way, way up. And Tiger was asked that question yesterday, and he said, hands down, the two majors make it, the player of the year. Oh, absolutely. And I think Tiger is going to throw his hat in the ring and say, listen, you know, I was right there, you know, for both of them. It could have just as easily been, you know, Eldrick Tiger Woods, you know, hoisting these trophies as, you know, the open trophy that, you know, Molinaro won. And, you know, here the the PGA Championship. But, boy, I got to tell you, uh, I've got a lot of friends that live out there at Belle Reve. 
They said the crowds there at St. Louis, you know, at the PGA Championship. And I got to tell you, kudos to the PGA uh, superintendents, the PGA staff, the whole PGA organization. They have set up a tournament. They don't try to trick it up. They say, here's the golf course. Go get it. You know, go after it. And kudos to them, you know, for not trying to, you know, the old word was tiger proof it or trick it up or, or just, you know, burn it out. Whatever, you know, the other people have done that, you know, sort of grow the ire of us, you know, who are sort of the gatekeepers of the game. I just love what the PGA, you know, has done. I remember years ago at Valhalla before they had the PGA Championship. That was, you know, the big match with Tiger Woods and Bob May. Now, Tiger has been really put to the test by three or four people. Billy Mayfair, Ed Fiore, people you wouldn't think. Exactly. And, and Bob May. And Bob May was a great junior player coming out of Southern California who had seen young Tiger and played with him many, many times, wasn't afraid of him, and they had to go in those extra holes. And i got to tell you, Bob May, you know, will go down in the history books as the person who actually looked the tiger in the eye and, and almost had him, you know, by the neck. And let's not forget Y.E. Yang. Oh, Y.E. Yang, absolutely. <laughs> and he's talking about Y.E. Yang. Here is a guy, he and K.J. Choi, you talk about that Korean contingent on the LPGA Tour. Now they've actually sort of, you know, led, you know, the gates open, and there's a lot of great new Korean men who are now coming out of the Web.com Tour on the PGA Tour. And these fellows in South Korea have to spend two years of mandatory military service. And so they're kind of in and out, but they are really starting to flood, you know, the ranks again. So here come, you know, the Koreans. Absolutely. Well, we've got lots more golf to talk about. We're starting the PGA Tour playoffs with the Northern Trust Tournament. Tee-off beginning tomorrow. You're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. We're back. The I Golf Insiders in the house, Holly nice. G, along with my special co-host tonight, Dr. Bob ball. Winters from the David Ledbetter Academy and Dr. Bob Winters Dot com. And Dr. Bob, we could do a whole show just on the mental side of the game. And we know there's a lot that happens coming into the PGA Tour playoffs. Oh, unbelievable. Now, think about it. We've got the, this week, we've got the PGA Tour playoffs starting with the Northern Trust, but also at, you know, up in Columbus, Ohio at the Scarlet Golf Course, you've got the web.com first note of the finals. You've got that going on. You've got a lot of uh, the PGA Tour players who are actually jumping into that so they can actually elevate their status. And also starting tomorrow out at Palm Springs, California, at uh, the Mission Golf Course, the Dinah Shore, Arnold Palmer, and Shadow Ridge, we have 340 young LPGA hopefuls looking to actually get through the first stage. I've got several there. I've got them all over the place. So, I'm, I'm, you know, the phone lines will be busy tonight. Absolutely. So we, we've got a lot of golf. It isn't just you no know, Tiger playing this week or whoever. We've got so many people whose careers and lives are on the line here in the next 72 to like 110 hours. Yeah, and it was big last week at Wyndham um, because, uh, you know, a couple of guys played 
played their way in, in, in under under the wire. Harris English and Nick Taylor. Oh, Nick Taylor, yes. Uh, Harris, a good player, but you know, uh, didn't have the best of years this this past year. Well, well, think about Nick Taylor. He's on the final green, and he is somewhere. He's thinking now before he steps in that putt. He might think he's like about 135th, 140th. He steps up and he rolls in that 12 foot right to left, goes into right in the dead center of the hole. He elevates himself with that one putt from 140th to 114th. Talk He's, about pressure! Oh man! But he actually he walked back and he looked at his caddy. He gave his caddy a big hug and a big grin. And you just have that sense of satisfaction. And this is the partial reinforcement in golf psychology. We says this is the one that keeps you coming back. I don't care if you've hit three balls out of bounds. It's that one that you hit like one foot from the pin. You go, that is the guy that brings me back. And that's really what happened for Nick Taylor. You know, kudos to him. Great job for him. Absolutely. Well, we're going to bring back one of our favorite golf insiders, because as we were saying, there's breaking news about the Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods mano a mano event happening. So there's a whole bunch of our uh, regulars that are in a press conference right now. So we're bringing back <laughs> Jeff Shane from PGAtour.com and formerly with the Orlando Sentinel. We just love, love our Jeff Shane here uh, to talk a little bit more about this week's tournament, Jeff, and sort of the interesting things that are developing, as we know, for the Ryder Cup. Um, first, let me get your take on a little, you know, more on who who you've got your eye on for this week. Is it is it somebody that's you know really got to make a move here? Who do who do you think you know this 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 first event means the most to? Well, the, typically um, in the first event, you get some players that uh, maybe maybe aren't all the way down. You know, in the one hundred somethings. Although Heath Slocum won this event, it was you know, still called the Barclays seven years ago, and jumped from something like 124th to second uh, in the matter of a week. But usually, what you see is, is guys that that maybe are just off uh, just off the marquee a little bit. Hunter Mahan uh, has won this tournament. Nick Watney has won this tournament. Actually, Hunter Mahan won at uh, Ridgewood uh, the last time it was there four years ago. Um, and, and so I think that's kind of typical of what you get at a lot of the Patrick Reed is one when he, we didn't know, uh, you know, that Patrick Reed was going to be captain America. Uh, but he, you know, he was, uh, he's a guy that, that has played very well. So you can, you can certainly jump yourself into that uh, top five of the FedEx cup from, you know, 30 or 40, cause all the points now are quadrupled from what they were in the regular season, um, at, at the same time, Dustin Johnson has won this tournament twice. <laughs> so you can't count him out. And we talked about how, how well Justin Thomas all of a sudden seems to be playing this time of year, just as he did this time last year. Yeah, and a pretty uh, stout pairing uh, of Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka, who will be teeing it up tomorrow. At uh, let's see, I think it says eight oh five. Yeah, eight oh five off number nineteen. Yeah, you know, and so <laughs> yeah, if, and if you think about you know right before that, Holly and Jeff, you've got Tiger Woods, Mark Leishman, and Tommy Fleetwood going off at seven fifty four, and they're going off at the tenth tee as well. So I mean, you've got some real powerhouse teams going off, and I'll tell you, 
the crowds there should be, you know, raucous. They should be excited because it's going to be an exciting weekend. It really is. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting, too, if if you got one, two, and three in the group right after Tiger. What do the fans do? Do you do you watch Tiger for a hole and then you hang around for Dustin and Justin and and Brooks, or do you do what you usually do and you try to jump ahead so you can catch Tiger again? It, it's going to pre- present a dilemma for some of the fans. Uh, what what do you do to catch all of the all the great uh, all the great talent that's kind of clustered right together there in the tee sheet? Well, Jeff, you know I've been you know around the tour now for about thirty years and. You know, I always have all my different players going every which way. And I think the very best thing you can do as a spectator is to get yourself a beverage and a hot dog and, and, and take yourself, take a position at a hole where you have a really good vantage that everybody's going to come to you and, and go past you. And, Jeff, here's, I'll tell you what, here's something else. We were talking about Rafa Cabrera Bello. Here's another person who's right there on that bubble. And I don't know if he's really in the mix yet for the Ryder Cup, you know, for Thomas Bjorn, but it's Paul Casey. Paul Casey has really had, you know, a really good year, and I and I hope that Paul Casey does make that European Ryder Cup team because this guy is really, he's, to me, Paul Casey is the Corey Pavin of European Tour Golf. He's sort of a little bulldog, and I think he adds, you know, a lot of pizzazz to that European team. Would you agree or disagree with me? Oh, I I absolutely agree. Uh, Paul Casey is one of my favorite players on tour. Um, he's always willing to stop and chat with you. He, uh, I, I remember several years ago he was sharing X-rays with me when he messed up his shoulder <laughs> uh, in a ski accident. Yeah. Uh, he's always just a great guy to talk to, and and he has been just so steady the last year and a half, maybe even two years by now. Um, and, and he was actually in the squad on points via the world points list as of two weeks ago. And then two weeks ago uh, at the PGA, he got bumped uh, from the fourth slot on the points list to to fifth by Ian Poulter. And now what we've seen is uh, we got to bring in the name Torbjorn Olesen of of Denmark. Uh, He's mostly a European tour player, played very well in some uh, some majors and last week he finished fourth in sweden well torbjorn who we all call thunderbear uh thunderbear has bumped ian poulter out of the number eight slot on the team so now poulter is in that mix for the captain's pick and paul casey is right behind him you, you still got to figure out you know what do you do with henrik stenson he's got a bum elbow but he typically plays well what do you do with sergio garcia uh, who has just had an awful year, uh, did not even make the FedEx Cup playoffs, but we know what he can do in a Ryder Cup. Um, there's, uh, it's going to be just as interesting to figure out Thomas Bjorn's picks. We've got to put Carrera Bayo in that mix, too. It's going ju- to be a real guessing game for his picks just as much as it is for Jim Furyk. Yeah, and I think now, you know, I think the Ryder Cup has gotten so much more exciting because I we're introduced to so many more of the European players every week. People now know Tommy Fleetwood, right? I mean, who's been one of the hottest guys out there? Francesco Molinari, you know, my, what do we need to say about Francesco? Uh, Justin Rose, of course, John Rahm, 
Rory, who taking the first week of the playoffs off to find his game. I can't hear you. Yeah. I can't hear you. <laughs> that was that was just so so great. Really yeah, was. great moment there. Absolutely on the eighth green. Uh, you know, a couple years ago. Fantastic. So you know, I think even though there's you know it's a younger team, new blood on the Euro squad. You know, a lot of these guys we have come to know because of their great play on the PGA Tour. Now we flip the coin over to the USA, and, you know, we were talking last week. Obviously, you've got people like Xander Shoffley. You've got somebody who's maybe fighting to get his way on there, Matt Kuchar, who's always a leader. And I don't know what they'll do without, you know, him to play ping pong with, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the evening. Um, but then, you know, again, you look at, now, uh, Zach Johnson has been in the conversation. Now you got Snedeker in there. And then you got, you know, speaking of Bulldogs, somebody like Kevin Kisner, who, you know, he just he just loves match play. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Kisner, Absolutely. when you take a look at this guy's eyes, he has the Reminds Ray, me of Ray Floyd. Ray Floyd. He's right? got the silver steel <laughs> look. He's got that look in, in his eyes. So, I mean, yeah, the USA has got some great. And you talk about Matt Kuchar. I'll tell you what, Matt Kuchar brings a lot of veteran savvy. He's very stable. People love, you know, to play with, you know, Cooch. Uh, he's very supportive. He's a really good team. And the biggest thing about the Ryder Cup for these captains is finding team chemistry, team cohesiveness. And I'll tell you what, that's not always an easy task. Definitely not. Uh, here's the thing, and is it, in your minds, is it a, a given that we are going to see Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson named as two captain's picks? Well, I've got to tell you, Jeff, I think that Tiger Woods is definitely a lock. Uh, I've always, I think Phil is. I, I think, you know, <laughs> if, I, if it was up to me, I would have a little bit of a question mark with Phil. But, hey, listen, Phil's a really good friend with Jim Furyk, and I think it's, it's I think, a lock. I, I think Phil's you know, going to be on there as well. Hey, Jeff, I wanted to say one thing. Torn Bjorn, Bjorn, you know, his name, you call him Thunder. I got to tell you, you know, that's a great, great way to say it because I've had a hard time saying his name now over the last <laughs> month. And I'll tell you what, he, they lost his golf clubs. They lost two sets. Twice. British Airways before this last <laughs> tournament, they lost his two, not just one set, they lost two sets with British Airways. So hopefully you're not flying British Airways over to, to uh, Lake Golf National uh, here in a few weeks. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, his main set was lost on the way to the PGA Championship. He still finished top 15 with his backup clubs. And then, and, and then somehow on the way to the Nordea Masters, they lost his backup set. And, and apparently five suitcases as well. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, if, if there's going to be a, a change of loyalty there. But uh, actually, Torbjorn literally translates a thunder bear tor for thunder bjorn is swedish for bear so oh i just gotta love it bear. well you're j- only learning here at the golf insiders well, Jeff, gotta i love thought it. you were making that up that's fantastic great job <laughs> <laughs> great research all right jeff we appreciate you jumping back on with us jeff shane from pga tour.com you're listening to the golf insiders we're going live to the northern trust to find out the scoop on the phil and tiger match coming up next stay with us well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so mean. We're back, the Golf Insiders. 
Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly Chi, along with my guest caddy and co-host, Dr. Bob Winters from the David Ledbetter Academy and drwinters.com. I'll tell you what, this this hour goes by so fast, zip, Holly. Zip, zippity you, and it's been a crazy night. We've had to jug, juggle the deck because of the breaking news, and we're going live to the Northern Trust. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com is going to fill us in. Hey, Bob. Hello. How are you guys? Awesome. Thank you. So uh, what's the scoop? I know you're just coming out of the, the press conference, right? Uh, well, there was just, you know, a little news today on that Tiger-Phil match. And, you know, Phil was playing his pro-am this afternoon. And so try to get a few details from him. And looks like they've settled on a date, November 23rd, uh, Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. It's going to be match play. It's going to be for $9 million winner take all, not $10 million. Um, Don't know the time. It is going to be pay-per-view. We don't know how much. We don't know if wow. there's spectators in or how much or how many, uh, but they're getting a little bit closer to it now. Wow. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, and uh, coincidence or not, Phil, for the first time just today, uh, got on Twitter, and uh, so it was good timing on his part. Uh, this is his breakthrough in tw- to Twitter? I think, like, his third tweet in was about this match, so uh, it's kind of funny. That's, that's really funny. Now, why the $9 million instead of ten? Are they going to, are they? Well, it's, uh, you know, we asked Phil, you know, is it still for the 10 million winner take all? And he didn't really hold back. He said, look, the tour fought us on that. Um, They have to, um, it's complicated, but even though this is not a tour event, uh, the PGA Tour still has to sign off. Mm. Um, Like their rights are, they're, they're, as as PGA Tour members, they, they, they they basically sign off on their TV rights, and that means if they do anything outside of a tour event, the, the PJ Tour is involved when it's going to be on TV. And basically, what that means is the PJ Tour is going to get paid. Now, I have no idea how much or how that works exactly, but it's standard fare. And apparently, uh, if you read between the lines, the tour didn't like the idea of 10 million, since 10 million is what they pay to the FedEx Cup champ. Ah. So they wanted it to be a number that wasn't that high. So, you know, it's, um, uh, I, I know, I, it seems a little nitpicky to me. I'm not sure that the average guy out there really cares or knows about that, you know, but uh, it's going to be $9 million instead of 10 Well, Dr. Bob and I were talking earlier, and we're both in agreement that we would have loved to have seen them put up their own moolah for this match. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, you know, I, that that's come up a lot. And I, I just, you know, do boxers put up their own money? Um, you know, it's it's just not how it works in sports. And, you know, even if they did, let's be honest, it, they, it's going to be a write-off for them. I mean, it would be right. a business expense, you know? I mean... Um, or one of their sponsors uh, would be fronting the bill. Yeah, exactly. It would be coming from somewhere else anyway. So, um, you know... Uh, but, uh, I, you know, that that's come up a lot, and people think that that should be part of this. But, uh, um, you know, I agree that, you know, and Phil claims there's no in, there's no minimum. It's it's $9 million to the winner. Not, the other guy isn't getting anything. That's what he said. And so he said, you know, if you think about it that way, it's, that, that, that's going to make you sweat it out a little bit. I mean, even in the FedEx Cup, I mean, 
if you don't win the FedEx Cup you and, and, and you don't win the $10 million, you're still getting money. The second-place guy gets $3 million. The third-place guy gets 2 and a half. And then plus there's the money in the person, the tour championship. So it's not, you know, the, the, you know, in this case, and obviously it's only one day, um, but, uh, you know, I still think that's enough money to get their attention. Let's talk about the FedEx Cup for a second because, you know, it is interesting. You go back through uh, the 10 years or whatever. We've had some surprises. I was mentioning earlier that Brant Snedeker, which a lot of people may have forgotten because it was 2012, uh, took home the FedEx Cup. You have Billy Horschel, who went on that, you know, crazy hot streak. You have Bill Haas, who won, the guy who didn't know that he won that won. <laughs> you know, you've got Tiger, who's won twice. Uh, uh, Vijay Singh, right, in the er- very early um, years. So, you know, y- you've got some wild cards, it seems. And then, you know, of late, Rory, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. What do you see? Yeah. How do you see this unfolding? Well, you know what I think. Um, what I what what I think the, the key to this is um, obviously you need to be sort of positioned near the top after the first three tournaments, and because it's it's a bit of a grind this time of year. There's this balance between you know not overdoing it, but also you know making sure you're prepared, right? So if you can get yourself to where you're in the top 10 going to Eastlake. And then if you can treat Eastlake like it's a really big deal, it's only 30 players, remember. And, you, you know, so you're, you don't have that many guys to beat. That's how you come on out. I, re, I just remember Jordan Spieth a few years ago when he won it in 2015. He was there on Monday in Atlanta working on it, working hard. A lot of guys don't do that they, it, because it's the same course every year. They've played it. They've played a lot of golf. They try to kind of ease their way into it. And also, you know, if they're, if they're farther down the list, they're not as motivated to win. So I think it takes, you know, I think it really takes some determination right now. It's a big mindset. You know, I would think a guy like Brooks Kepka would really love to win the FedEx Cup to cap off his year, you know, to, to give himself something other than the majors that he's won. Uh, you know, obviously Jordan could, could needs, a, needs a big push. Tiger would love to get to the Tour Championship. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas would love to defend. Nobody's ever done that. So, you know, there's, there's incentive for a lot of these guys. But it's, next year it's going to go to three playoff events, and I think that's going to help it. Um, I think four still, it's, it's a lot of golf. And it, you, we've seen over the years it's hard to get the best out of guys at, at, at all these tournaments. Yeah, and you see, like you know, like Rory skipping the the first one, uh, as opposed to Tiger adding the BMW Championship. And as you wrote uh, this week, ESPN dot com, you know about his uh, playing three of the playoffs. Yeah, which is a little bit of a surprise, actually. Um, you know, and I think I think what happened is Tiger surprised himself. I mean, he's twentieth in the points. He doesn't need to play all three to get to the Tour Championship. It really requires maybe one good week. I mean, if he has a top 10, he's, he's almost uh, assured of getting there no matter what he does in the other events. Uh, and, but, you know, he's 20th in the points. I think he's farther up there than he thought he'd be. Uh, he's committed to these three tournaments. And, and, you know, the other side of it is that if he wants to win it, well, then obviously you need to, you need to have a couple of good showings here to get yourself up close. 
Uh, and you can't win the tour championship if you're not there, and I think he'd like to be there. And as you and I have talked many, many times, and you often remind our listeners, it's about rounds, rounds, competitive rounds. Exactly, you know, and, and um, you know, it's funny. Earlier in the year, that's the thing we lamented about Tiger is that he hadn't played that many, and he needed them. Now he's played, he's played 14 tournaments. He's missed two cuts. Um, he's actually played a lot, of, a, a, a lot of golf, especially for him. So it's this balance that he's got to juggle now. The, you know, not going overboard. You know, you, um, you know, if, if he had wanted to skip this week and, and practice for a few days, that who knows if that wouldn't have been better for him than, than competing in a tournament. On the other hand, you can't win if you don't play. And the more times you put yourself there, the the more, um, you know, the the, the better you, off you are in terms of, of of feeling that pressure. And I think you know Tiger. Even as great as he's been, you know, he hadn't been there that much. And obviously the PGA was another step in that direction. Yeah, well, Bob, we always appreciate your time. And I want you to get back to work. Um, who are you picking to hoist the trophy Sunday? I, I actually went with Jason Day this week. Uh, Jason been a little quiet Day. lately. Okay. And uh, he, uh, you know, he was second here four years ago when they last played here. And, hey, I had Brant Snedeker right last week. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Kudos, kudos. All right, Bob Herrig, check out all his great coverage, ESPN.com. Dr. Bob, we've got to run. Sure appreciate you being in the house. Who are you picking for Sunday? I've got Alex Noren, you know, really the European. And I've got Alex Noren's going to come and take take this championship. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, I'm going... I'm going with Sneeds, Snedeka. <laughs> I want him to go back to back and get that hot streak continuing. The Golf Insiders. We have a tea time. We're out of here. Thanks, Dr. Bob. DrBobWinners.com. See you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.